Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. It's Brendan Anderson, Jeffrey Cadlick, and uh, welcome back to the second stage. Hey, you stole my. Do you supposed to say that? Well, you know, all I know is that I was ready to go. It's uh, ready to rock and roll. How about you, Jeff? It's, is it that seven? Uh, what is your new favorite drink? It's the cranberry, cranberry Red Bull. I got to be honest with you. I was out with some of my friends, and they had listened to the show, and they had some. They had some ready for me when I showed up. Is that so nice? <laughs> you sound like you've had about seven. So no surprise, but I highly recommend it. It's probably not great for your liver, your kidneys, or your stomach. It is more uh, caloric than what we typically drink around here because usually, you know, we're, we're the diet Red Bull, and I, there is no such thing that I can find as a diet cranberry Red Bull. It's really, I, really good. Not yet, but I think you're going to drive them to make that decision. Yeah, uh, that's good. I'm sorry. So. I, no, no, anyway, that's one of my proudest moments when I converted you from coffee to Red Bull, but that's for another show. Do you know the coffee doesn't even affect me anymore? I've almost <laughs> given it up. It's like kind of my like little warm-up cocktail. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So we got a show for our guest today, uh, entrepreneur, Entrepreneurism and the American Dream. Uh, say entrepreneurism five times fast. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, and we have a wonderful guest uh, on today's show, uh, Dr. Paul Shu. He is one of America's great immigrants turned uber successful entrepreneur. He arrived in the U.S. in 1976 with only $500 to his name and today owns several successful companies with clients like Boeing and the U.S. government, achieving annual revenues in the millions. In addition to his business success, Dr. Shu has been a presidential appointee under both President George W. Bush and President Barack Obama. Nice to see that somebody can reach across the aisle and is a champion of entrepreneurs and small business. And the reason this is such an important point today is, Brendan, there is a recent article um, done, uh, or white paper, I should say, drafted by the Brookings Institute and um, discussed in U.S. News and World Report on May 8th. Uh, that really talked about a significant decline. And in fact, it says a sharp and silent drop in American entrepreneurs is the title of the uh, story in the U.S. News and World Report. And to some people like you and me that really believe in entrepreneurship, it is a true distressing moment. It's actually a shocker, Jeff. I mean, I think maybe you and I are like too close to the forest to see the trees um, in the sense that we spend so much time around entrepreneurs. It just seems like entrepreneurship and people trying to become entrepreneurs is everywhere. And um, I, when I was uh, reading through this, uh, this, this white paper by the Brookings Institution, um, it, it, was, it was stunning. I mean, it's uh, you know, uh, uh, the creation of new firms is, uh, is, is at its lowest rate since, well um, – you know, over the last, what, 20-some years, 30-some years? 30, 30 years. Yikes. Uh, and then the, the numbers of firms exiting is also, uh, well, I guess it's almost uh, probably in the last 20 or 25 years. So there's, that's at a height at the, the, the time that the creation's at its lowest. That's not a good net number, Jeff. I, I didn't go to uh, Kellogg like you did, but I don't think that that nets to a positive number. <laughs> it does not. 
It does okay. not. And and I barely passed that class where you had to learn that concept. Uh, but, you know, you know, one thing that we've always been most proud of in the space that we invest in is that we do create jobs. Evolution creates jobs. Entrepreneurship creates jobs. And, you know, I do believe that one of the things that has held, um, you know, the recovery back uh, has been um, – uh, obviously, I, I guess I would just say it would be this issue. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Well, I, uh, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to cut you off again. No, please cut me off. I'm done. No, I, I, I guess, I guess, you know, again, you know, we're, we're too close to it. it, it there's in the, um, you think about all of the resources around that are, are here to help small businesses get going. Uh, you know, we're going to learn uh, from Dr. Shu later on how he used the SBA and some, um, and he's a, you know, wonderful at kind of using some of the resources that are available uh, to people to, to get businesses going. But, you know, it seems like every time you turn around, there's a new government self-help program to help these entrepreneurs. So it's, you know, it really is amazing to think that the, uh, that the, that the number of companies that are starting are, are declining. You know, I, Jeff, I don't want to get on my, my uh, soapbox again, but it does, it does go back to the, the forms and the taxes and the burden of these states that require all the, you know, it's, it literally is, it's, it's less fun than when I started my business in 95 and less fun being the fact that the burdens of some of that stuff, but I can't imagine that, you know, for true entrepreneurs, that's what's stopping them from getting in, from uh, creating new companies. Yeah, and I would think tech, the way technology is today, it's never been easier to make yourself seem larger on less investment than than today. And uh, so, again, I'm, I'm shocked and distressed. And obviously, uh, the second stage, our show has uh, kind of a calling, so to speak, to get more people engaged in the evolutionary, uh, excuse me, the entrepreneurial process. Well, I'm off well, my game today, man. No, Maybe I need another Red Bull. You're, no, you're okay. But I'll tell you, our, our guest, uh, Paul Shu, will be a, be able to comment wonderfully on this. I mean, this you know, he is as crazy about entrepreneurship, or maybe even crazier than we are, and uh, crazier in a positive way. That is, and so it'll be interesting to see what his thoughts on the the shrinking number of um, of, of net companies every year. And um, quite frankly, as as you know from the things we talked about in prior shows, the number of net jobs that those you know that those companies those expanding companies that we call them second stage create and uh you know if there's less and less of those around that just can't be good it just and uh as you know from when we look at some of the larger companies the efficiencies that they employ when they scale their businesses and you know quite frankly work work employment out as a way to scale their businesses uh it's uh it's not good but i'm sure paul's gonna set us straight on how to uh how to pull this off how to change all this stuff i and that, i think that's why he's a doctor he okay. helps people. So, well, um, I do want to. I, I I do want to remind everybody about our last show with our guests Michelle Tamalo and Mickey Tubbs of Fit Technologies. Uh, the show is called Entrepreneurial Case Study, which we're going to do periodically, highlighting what uh, successful entrepreneurs are doing and some of the unique attributes of their their business both culturally and industry-wise and, and what's made them successful. And, and it was a fun show to do uh, because they have been successful and they had a lot of neat things that they were doing uh, with their business. Uh, getting back to our guest, uh, he is also the author of a book called Guardians of the Dream, The Enduring Legacy of America's Immigrants. 
Um, and you can go find it at www.guardiansofthedream.com. The book is a reaffirmation of the impact that America's immigrants have had on our entrepreneurial culture and national uh, economy. Um, I also want to remind our guests that uh, each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear from you what works and what doesn't, and we want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. And then finally, I always want to take a moment to the end of the first segment to thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. They are the a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. When we come back with our guest, Paul Shu, uh, we'll start talking about uh, how he got himself started in uh, the United States on only $500 and, and and how that uh, translates in, into this uh, Brookings Institute report that uh, Brent and I discussed at a very surfacey level uh, in this first segment. So with that, we're going to sign off the first segment of the second stage. Thanks for tuning in. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. 
Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, like any forum, the show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com, and you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. We're here with our guest, Paul Shu, entrepreneur and author of Guardians of the Dream, which can be found at www.guardians of the dream.com. Welcome to the show, Paul. Oh, thank you for the honor, Jeff. Thank you for the honor, Brandon. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Well, Paul, we, we, uh, we appreciate uh, the chance to get to know you, and uh, your, your background is, uh, is unbelievable. I mean, it really is a neat story. Um, but maybe we start off with kind of what, what inspired you to write uh, Guardians of the Dream. Okay. Well, Guardians of the Dream has been in, in the making for several years. Uh, perhaps, um, uh, even in my entire life. Over the years, I, I devoted uh, most of my time to build my business and furthermore in a public service role through presidential appointment. About five years ago, I was watching a parade in California with my family, and I saw four or five young men came along in the parade and carry a, a banner that read, American Dream is Dead. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, that could not be. Everything I have worked for since coming as a young immigrant uh, with $500 in my pocket, but reach with hope uh, my, my, my future in America, I, I just feel like I owe it to the uh, greatness of the American dream. So I, I, uh, I say to myself, I, I really have to do this. And uh, that was five years ago, and I just really don't have a time to really sit down and, and put all the thought together. Well, fortunately, about two years ago, I, uh, I accept the, uh, the position as a senior research fellow at Harvard, and they gave me a small office. And so that really gave me an opportunity to really, really concentrate and start putting all these notes together, and, and, and that's, that's what happened. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to learn more about the Harvard thing, but uh, I, I'm, Jeff tells me I got to stay focused, which is very sure. difficult for me. But uh, um, I've, I've written it down in case we have to go back to it, Jeff. No. So tell me, tell me what you, the the, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit. What does what does that mean to you, and uh, what do you think it means to uh, you know to the people in the United States? Well, I, I think it, it entrepreneurial spirit it, it represents a state of mind. Um, I think it's it's a way of thinking and about achieving innovation. Uh, but you have to have a can-do and optimistic attitude. I think entrepreneurship require require vision, require drive, require determination. Our country is just full with opportunity to those who are willing to work hard and to achieve their dream. Uh, the, in the Guardians of Dream, I, I discussed the, the immigrants seems to possess a, a natural entrepreneurial spirit. But if you if you dissect the idea, the inspiration for why they are so often successful an entrepreneur is because it's coming from the, the you know they they are kind of a hungry for opportunity and they they able to recognize um, and 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 when they find it they 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 they're so happy you know so if you look at around in New York City you know all. all Almost on every street corner, they're, they're, they're vendors. I, I, I can guarantee you about 100% of them are, are, are first-generation immigrants. 
and, and hustling hard and doing this stuff. Hey, I got a question for you. I was, I've been kind of reading about halfway through the book Street Smarts by Bo Burlingham and Norm Brodsky, and they kind of talk about the, the thesis of whether the entrepreneurial spirit can be taught or are we born with it. What, what do you, uh, what's, your, what's your take on that? <laughs> well, I, I think my, uh, my mother really have, uh, have, some, have some role on, on this. My mother um, always gave me a, you know, give me a way to, to, uh, to help me to, uh, to kind of see myself. And uh, when I was a very, very young, my mother asked me what I want to be when I grew up. And I, I told her I want to be uh, the, the, the head of a factory. In Chinese, it's called changzang. That means the head of a factory. Um, so, well, I, I believe my mother made me who I am today. She helped me to see a path as a young man. I, I, I was blind um, because I, I hate school as a boy. I, I hate to being told what to do. So school says no chewing gum. Uh, I chew gum. So the second time when I got caught, my mother had to go to school and, and, um, and, and took me home. So it was a long walk out of the school, and, and uh, she was very quiet. But, but to the point, she looked at me and she said, well, you know, this school may not be good for you, so let's, let's find a better school. That, that just really, you know, it, it, it really have a long-lasting impact on me. I'm not afraid of anything anymore. As long as I feel like this is the right thing to do, I'm going to do it. So I think my mother really has something to do with that. And I think you say you, you, you challenge the system as long as no one's going to get hurt, right? Is that kind right, of a, yeah, is that a yeah. fair, because, fair statement? Know, because she, know that she knew that I wasn't stealing or anything else. I was just chewing gum, you know. And so she said, ah, you know, maybe we'll find a better school. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell me why. Got, tell it sounds me why like you, I got a couple entrepreneurial people in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and actually, Jeff, Jeff uh, pretty much does what he wants to do anyways. But, uh, and he's pretty good about it if it doesn't hurt anybody. Um, so tell me why. Um, obviously, uh, United States. Uh, tell me why uh, you think it's a good country for entrepreneurs and small business and kind of getting started. Well, um, okay. Uh, in well, you know, we we have a GDP about sixteen trillion dollars. So we we got more GDP than the four the, the next four country combined. So if you look at from an economic point of view, we're absolutely a giant. Um, and then you know we. We, we have a program to support and encourage small business. Just name one country in this world that an entrepreneur wants to start their own business, and the government will tell the banker and say, okay, loan him the money. Uh, if he fails, I will, I will chip in 85% of it. That means that the government guarantees 85% loan, small business loan. And we're, we're a melting pot for fresh ideas. And, you know, have been, uh, we have been the, the, the innovators of the uh, uh, advancement for, for all technology and science, and we protect people's idea through our policy on the intellectual property right. And we, often, we offer excellent, you know, eight, educate, education program to promote and expand research and education. 17 out of the best university in the world, it's right here in the United States. Tell me, and, and I read about your background about uh, the Small Business Administration and uh, and so forth. Maybe talk briefly about that's not something that we have used here at Evolution, and love to know more about it and how it, how it helped you with your business. Okay. Well, 
when when BAE System wanted to acquire my first company called MTI, you know we were we were electronic um, uh, uh, a DOD uh, a, a contractor. We 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 manufacture all kinds of um, you know guiding systems on the F-15s, F-16s, ABA T-45. Our wow. our number one customer is is McDonnell Douglas. So when the the company changed hand to BAE British Airspace, uh, I I got a phone call. Uh, from the White House, um, uh, President Bush wanted me to to come to uh, Washington and and serve for the country. So I accept the job um, as the uh, uh, associate administrator for uh, government contracting and and business development. So so I actually worked for SBA, and I was I was I was kind of watching the the eighty billion dollars the government spending on the small business. That just uh, really. I tell you, what, what a country! You know, um, uh, I, as an immigrant, I, um, I'm not only involved that much about our, our national defense, but I actually became a government official and hmm. to run this this country in a very small way. So I just just make me proud to be American. I'm telling you. Wow. Well, tell me. Um, you know, you started your first business in 1984, um, and you right. said uh, MTI. And tell me, tell me about the business. Tell me what it took you to grow, you know, how you, how you grew it, and um, into a successful enterprise. Okay, well, MTI began with a, uh, uh, when the Harris Corporation that I work as a, as an engineer. Uh, uh, but you know, when the Berlin Wall tumbling down in in early 1980s, and and uh, the Harris uh, start shutting down, so. So I, I made a decision uh, to venture out on my own, you know, started uh, started uh, the small business in my garage, and uh, and it, it was uh, you know it, it, that was really a lot of struggle and making ends meet and everything and uh, uh, and my wife uh, uh, you know pitching in to took a job at Pizza Hut, um, I, I could easily give up the hope, but but I I hang in there. My engineering friend uh, came over to help me, and in the evening to come up with the ideas to exchange for my wife's good cookings, and, <laughs> and somehow, you know, uh, uh, getting away that the opportunity to change the course of MTI. So, yeah, um, I, um, I, uh, I. That's how I. That's how I started MTI, and I, 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 I noticed uh, there's a there's a company called. Called called McDonnell Douglas, and I I attend to their trade show, and I realized in the in in St. Louis I I realized that some uh, representative from McDonnell Douglas was discussing uh, a weaknesses of defense aircraft, which is the relay. All the relay have to build in the one big relay relay panel, and I, I and because if a one bullet hit that things and the bird will go down, so I. So I, I knew I could offer some right solutions. So I wrote them a letter. That was, you know, that was almost, you know, 35 years ago. That was before email. Wow. And uh, so I, I, I let them know that I have an idea to do this. And they, and they, and they start calling me, and they say, well, okay, how much will it cost to build a prototype? Uh, you know, I say, how many you need? He says, well, make me five. So I said probably about ten thousand dollars because I thought two thousand dollars per per prototype, and the mm-hmm. guy started laughing and says, "We McDonald Douglas, we don't contract 
anything less than 50,000, you know. So I say, well, okay, so I just, I have to build you more. So, yeah, and that's how I, yeah, and that's how I, um, I, I built MTI. And one time, you know, we had close to 1,000 people. We, we were anywhere between, you know, forty to $50,000 in revenue. And uh, in any time that I was told that if you look at the sky, if, if there's a flying object, as long as it's not commercial, I don't care. It's F-15, F-16, AV-8, T-45, B-1, B-2, B-52. Our little company in Florida Beach, Florida, has something to do with it. And that wow. just really make me proud to become, you know, as a first-generation immigrant, and we, I have that kind of a level of our national defense. I tell you, only America, only in America. This is a great country, you know, and the young people need to recognize that and take advantage of it. Paul, how did you how did you finance? I mean, that company grew to I'm guessing I think I remember sixty million. How did you how did you finance it? How did you get the money to do this stuff? Well, at the very beginning, it was tough. I tell you, I um, I uh, I faced many many setbacks uh, of the initial investment, and uh, I I really need to convince the bank to loan me the money because you know after six months a year in the business, I. I don't really own anything, okay? You know, somebody owned my house, my car, my kids, my wife, you know. So I, <laughs> we we I, know the I, feeling well. We know the yeah. feeling well, Paul. I was taking my car, my wife's car, to, uh, to have an oil change. I was sitting in the, uh, the, the coffee shop, and, and a banker friend, because we played racquetball together, he walked in, and he looked at me so sad, he says, what your dog died? Uh, so I told him I was trying to 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 every bank from from Panama City, Florida, to all the way to Pensacola, Florida, at least twenty five, thirty banks, and nobody wanted to talk to me. And uh, and I said I got a contract, but a contract cannot be treated as a collateral. I got about two hundred thousand dollars contract. So he said, well, have you have you tried the uh, the the uh, the SBA? government guarantee loan. That's how I found out SBA. And so, so he was the banker, the first national bank, to uh, went through all the whole process, uh, got me the, uh, the first you know, SBA government guarantee loan. Uh, of course, I pay interest on it, but at least I got my money. So, yeah, wow. uh, that was a huge helping hand for me. Uh, and what year was that about? That was uh, 1980, uh, I'd say 86, 87, or 88 wow. time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's – um, So other than the financing and so forth, what, what other challenges? I mean, it sounds like obviously, you know, maybe – obviously there were, there were probably thousands of them, but maybe just for the other entrepreneurs out there, talk briefly about the, the ones that, uh, that, that, that you remember the most, or maybe one or two. Well, I was in the aerospace business. Okay, I, I work for Harris, so that's really the only thing I know, and uh, and I I know pretty well. I know how to put the electronic together. I know what the, the the government, the DOD, Department of Defense, you know, requires and all that. So because I work, I work at Harris as a as an engineer. So so I have to gear up toward that. Now I know my future is in engineering, is in manufacturing. Because I can build things cheaper than what McDonnell Douglas or Boeing or Lockheed can build it in-house, because mm-hmm. my overhead and GNA is much cheaper, much lower than them. But the problem is to put my my foot in the door. So, so I that's how I I really try to work with with Boeing. 
you know, uh, it, before that it was it was McDonald Douglas. So the, that's how I that's how I I I, I try try very hard to to let them know me and so let them understand my you know my capabilities and all that. So with their help, you know, there's a program a DOD program called 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 Mentor Protege Program. Um, the DOD required these bigger, larger uh, defense contractor to have their own, you know, a uh, couple protégés, smaller companies, so to grow them up to the point, then they can become the supplier uh, to our national defense. So that's how I started. That was really a big helping hand that McDonnell Douglas, you know, took me in as a, as a protégé. Now, I was in the program for three years, and after that, after I graduated out of the uh, mental project program with McDonald Douglas, I went ahead and started my own mental project program because I think this is the time to give back. So I started my own three proteges, even smaller company than mine, a machine wow. shop, you know, and uh, a software shop, and also the tribal-owned me- uh, um, mechanical company. Uh, it's called Muskogee Creek Indians. Uh, they're, they're right here in Florida and Alabama border. So I went over there, I smoked a peace pipe with the chief, and I took the company as my protege. So I built a company from, from two people to 50 people uh, machine company. So I was very proud of that. Yep. Wow. Well, Paul, you know, that, that's great. And we're going to take a brief break here sure. and be back with our listeners. Uh, uh, but we've got to let our, uh, our sponsors uh, uh, chime in here on our show. And when we come back, we're going to continue on with your your very impressive story and uh, your support of entrepreneurship here in the United States. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in the second stage. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. 
Welcome back to the show, the second stage. This is our show, but it is a form, so we're looking for input from you so that everyone can benefit from everyone's so everyone can benefit from, from everyone's experience. There you I, go. I'm off my game today. I, I no. apologize to the audience. Um, I need more Red Bull. Uh, we are back here with our guest, Paul Shu, entrepreneur and author of Guardians of the Dream, uh, www.guardiansofthedream.com. And uh, you have such an expansive uh, bio here, Paul, uh, because of the many, many accomplishments that you, you've had. Uh, and in 2010 here, it says that you were named to the National Advisory Council on Minority Business Enterprises. Uh yeah, which is one of many. You're also the national chairman of the International Leadership Foundation in Washington, D.C. So uh, you're, you're obviously uh, – your accomplishments are, are well-known nationally, and it looks like well-known by Republicans and Democrats as well. And I had said in the first segment, it's <laughs> wonderful to, to some – yeah, it's wonderful that somebody can make something work uh, with both groups in, in Washington. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I really believe in education. So, I, um, yeah, I think, um, I think that's the, probably one of the most important things that we can do uh, for, our, for our future uh, to educate our, our youth. So, yeah, I will continue to do that. Hey, Paul, um, I heard uh, you talk about a story um, when you uh, were a young college student in uh, Missouri and uh, uh, how you, uh, you know, became good friends with, you know, I guess refer to them as the Millers. Maybe uh, share with our audience that story. Okay. Well, I uh, I, uh, I went to Warrensburg. That's, that's, the, that's, the, uh, uh, that, that's the home of University of Central Missouri. And I was studying in a master's degree uh, in the industrial management system engineering. I um, I know I knew I I was in a tough time, but I committed to uh, to really get an education, a good education. Well, um, I I really did not know a soul in in this heartland of America. So I. I, I don't have a penny to spare. I only have $500 in my pocket, and I have to pay the tuition. In addition to the little scholarship, I have about $350. So I, I just, you know, I really don't have that much money. Well, the the school have cafeteria. So food is okay, but I'm at least I'm not hungry. So from Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday, there's no cafeteria. So Saturday, I'm okay. Uh, you know, I can I can save some food here and there. But Sunday was tough. So one Sunday afternoon, um, uh, I, uh, for some reason, I, um, I, I was kind of hungry. So I went to, uh, I, I, I was looking for something to eat. So I saw this little, you know, restaurant, uh, mom and pop restaurant. So I was, I was counting my money uh, before I walked in. Uh, and uh, I went to the counter. I, I told the man I want to, I, I want to have a, I want to have a cheeseburger. And he asked me anything else. I say no. Uh, uh, drink no water. So when I wait, when that food come, I, I got not only uh, a, a cheeseburger, but I got a bunch of French fries and a big piece of fried chicken. I, I told him I, I, I did not order that. And he says it's on the house. So that really, that's how I met David and Mary Miller. Um, so it's, you know, for some reason, uh, David. Uh, and Mary decided to take me in at, you know, under the wing, and and I I went from uh, as a first in, immigration, first uh, generation immigrant, from from not belonging to to belonging. That really, you know, it was 
it was a uh, it was a lot to me and uh, and That's... and David really helped me. Uh, to, I really learned a lot from David. I, I'll tell you a very quick 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 story. David was kind of a son, something like a jack of all trades. In a, in addition to restaurant, he owned furniture store and blah blah blah. And they also sell the uh, the radio time, you know, for uh, for local radio station. So one day, and uh, he asked me uh, to to uh, to go with him to uh, uh, to visit this this new client. And then, uh, of course, these two men don't really know each other at all. So he walk in uh, to this dealership, the general manager, and he start talking about fishing in in the local area. And for that, for about five minutes, and he's talking about the the, the kids' baseball uh, for about three minutes and all that. And they start talking about all kinds of interesting things. And then toward the very end, the guy, you know, shakes his hand and says, well, let me just buy 20 minutes for the next four weeks. He made a sale. So in a car, I asked him, how in the world you know to talk about, you know, fishing and the kids' baseball and all that? He, he said, Paul, that's easy. You know, all you have to do is just look around his walls and, and um, you know, so he says, people only interested to talk about something they're interested in, not what you're interested in. So they only do business with somebody they like. So before that, you have to make yourself likable. And that was the first, you know, American business lesson that I ever have. So I, I just, I really took that thing to the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's did, and obviously you you use that when you uh, obviously were expanding your business. You were you're able to kind of pick up on on cues, and uh, that's pretty neat. That's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, I have I have I have like a fifteen twenty you know site in the in the United States. Every year, I make sure I, I make one round or two rounds. I go in there. I don't see the big boss. I see the contracting officer, which is you know they're like a GS nine, GS ten people, and I walk in. I said. I just want to make sure how well we serve you. Wow, they they just really, you know, they they remember me. So so, you know, uh, and later on I I tried to tell the 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 young entrepreneur, I tried to let them understand, you know, your existing business, existing customer will probably generate about 50% of your new business. So you really need to take care of your existing business, existing customers. <laughs> that's a twenty eighty yeah. rule. So. Well, that's, that's that's that is great advice. It's always easy to overlook. It's easy to overlook the people you have already in, in the pursuit of something bigger. Tell me, tell me, how do you think the challenges for entrepreneurs have changed over the years? Well, um, you know the um, the uh, the digital world is kind of a Kind of in a different, you know, um, the the digital age it, it has a revolutionized, you know, all the industries uh, for positive or diff- difficult reason. I think that the uh, the benefit of uh, personal communication will always be important to the successful business because everything is more transparent now. And I think it's make it easier for the small business owner to access the national stage when it comes to realize that the web and the, the app technology and all that. It, to me, it seems like, you know, every 40 years, uh, there's a things I call it industrial revolution. Um, you know, uh, 40 years ago, it was plastic. So as long as you know something about polypropylene, polyethylene, and you be okay. 20 years ago, we start moving from the mainframe, the IBM 36, 39, to the computer, to the personal computers. 
and the last few years it's it's you know it moved from uh from the from the personal computer to the to the client server and then you know the last two years it moved from client server to a cloud and then you know for the next couple of years it'll be continued to the cloud think about all this all this um you, you know this um uh what do you call that um you know the the, the software upgrade the uh, Everything it's it's going to create tremendous tremendous amount of uh, amount of new opportunities. Um, so, well, I, I just I feel like the the future it, it uh, for the young people, young entrepreneur will see great challenge in the future with unlimited opportunity in the area of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, what I call is the STEM, S T E M. But what worries me is. Only 15% of the high school graduates are express interest in this four field. And uh, if you look around, the, the 50% of the, um, of the graduate, engineering graduate, student, graduate uh, school, those students uh, working on their master and Ph.D. program, their 50% are foreign nationals. That, you know, I, I, I just, it, it over my pay grade. I don't know how to solve the problem, <laughs> but I wish... I wish I can stimulate more, you know, young entrepreneur to really get involved and have a little background on the college education and just, you know, just just jump into this science, technology, engineering, and mathematics field. You know, that's that's going to be the future. That's how I feel. Do you feel that? I mean, is it, if you know, um, well, I've kind of jotted down a question. Um, what is the most important advice you'd give a new and hopeful entrepreneurs? Is is that is that the advice you'd give them? Is that that stuff? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that I, I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, uh, Eleanor uh, Roosevelt once said, "The future belongs to those who who really believe in the beauty of their dream." And uh, and I believe America is a nation of innovation and opportunity, and uh, it's yeah. Just just look around. Just just look around and ident- try to identify the opportunities. Uh, I think that's really one of the the exercise to be a successful young entrepreneur. Really need to go through. Just try to learn. Try to see something kind of invisible. It doesn't matter. You know. High tech, low tech. You know, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, you know, um, uh, TRW, uh, 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 Hewlett Packers, and uh, Microsoft. All these companies, you know, started as a small company, and uh, but you know, you just have to have a determination. Uh, this country, it's it's wonderful. It's you know, uh, the future is great. The manufacturing is coming back um, because you know. Because using robotic technology, uh, the China, the India are going to lose their low uh, labor advantage. Uh, and those, con- those people want to invest that kind of uh, investment. They want to do it in the country that respect intellectual property rights. So I think the manufacturing definitely is coming back to our country now. Um, kind of as a kind of winding down here in the timing, just give me the signal. Maybe talk just briefly about the future of entrepreneurship. I mean, is uh, you know, obviously Jeff and I opened up the segment and uh, uh, before you got on, and we talked about how the Brookings Institute talked about that there's just less and less new businesses being created every year. Um, does is a is the future of entrepreneurship promising? Of course, of course. Um, like I said, you know the the entrepreneurs 
entrepreneurship, entrepreneur spirit, it's, it's a state of mind. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a way of thinking uh, about, about achieving innovation. And, but most importantly, it's, you know, with a can-do and optimistic attitude. Um, the entrepreneurship required three basic things, okay? You have to have a vision, you have to have a drive, and you have to have a determination. Uh, we, we are, you know, with $16 trillion GDP, um, you, you, you just look around. You know, that if, if I'm 63 years old, if I'm, if I'm 30, I will continue to create companies. You know, um, I, I created four, and I'm going to create a five. Uh, this, you know, <laughs> it, that's one. It's, 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 a, it's unlimited uh, opportunity. Well, uh, Dr. Paul Shu, thank you so much for being a part of the second stage. Uh, in everybody, you can uh, find uh, Dr. Shu's book at www.guardiansofthedream.com. And uh, you've got a wonderful story and uh, uh, a real inspiration, not only to uh, immigrants in the United States, but really to anybody that has the entrepreneurial dream. So with that, we are going to take a short break uh, uh, and be back to share some concluding thoughts about our our guest, Paul Shu, and uh, uh, share some more of our thoughts on this uh, silly Brookings Institute report. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. And I tell you, I love having guests on our show that are as enthusiastic about uh, just life and and everything it has to offer, uh, like Dr. Shu. And I tell you, the thing that kept on going through my mind is, is it's nice to hear somebody that appreciates what America has to offer and that the American dream is is still alive and well. Refreshing, isn't it? I mean, you talk about a net addition to this economy. I mean, the guy comes over with five hundred bucks, and you know, he's uh, he's out. He's not only is he creating jobs and growing businesses, but he's giving time to the uh, you know to the uh, SBA and to all these organizations and to Harvard and to all these other. It's uh, that's that's pretty doggone neat. That's really neat. Yeah, and, and that speaks to today's immigration policy, too. I mean, uh, if you can bring in a bunch of Dr. Paul shoes, we'll be out of this uh, $16 trillion deficit in no time. I mean, you know, we probably didn't spend enough time talking about uh, his uh, MTI uh, business, Manufacturing Technology Incorporated, which he founded in 1984. He grew it to 450 employees. He created 450 jobs with his business in his first business, and he's gone on to have other businesses. Then he's gone on to public service and now into education. So, uh, while still what, while still owning business, I mean, he still starts and, and helps businesses and is a uh, business mentor and coach. And- and uh, that's uh, that's not all bad. And he still had time to be married and have three kids, which is yeah. even more wow. amazing. <laughs> wow. And he didn't mention Red Bull one time, Jeff. He never – not even once. He's high on life, not on caffeine. Yeah, I got, a, I got a little side story for you. I ran out of Red Bull on Saturday night, um, oh and God. I was having a little, I little cocktail. So I had some I had some uh, some of that monster drink. You know, it was – I had bought like it while I'm driving home one day, and we tried to substitute that. Guess what? It's not very good. I mean, it's not as good. It may be good. I mean, I don't want to look at the monster people calling me, but uh, it was not not the same. Maybe I'm just addicted. Maybe I've got. But anyways, let's go back to the main to the main subject. You know, there was. I, I feel bad because there, there was a lot of other things that uh, that we could have talked about with Paul. He's got uh, you know kind of the the five fundamentals of the American dream, the five things to consider before opening a business, and all of which could be you know subjects and uh, things that are in his book. And I encourage people that uh, want to learn about those things to uh, to go out there and uh, and, and, and buy the book and, and read it. Uh, and it's sounds like uh, Paul is an approachable type of guy. So uh, it is uh, fun and, to have people like that out there. Yeah, and that's a really important part of this whole process is finding people that have done it before that have an interest in seeing you be successful. Uh, and, and and by the way, that's the definition of uh, mentor. And uh, it <laughs> sounds like – Did you cheat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia. No, I, I – um, but but folks like him are important because there are people out there that are highly successful that don't don't really want to spend the time because they're spending all the time spending their money. Uh, he clearly um, wants to give the time, and, and and I would encourage people to reach out to Paul, uh, you know, through his website at www.guardiansofthedream.com. Um, you know, it is interesting. I, I've always had this theory that people that have had hardship uh, in their past 
uh, are great candidates to be entrepreneurs because they know what it's like to be uncomfortable and know that they don't like it. And then they are able to continue to roll with the punches a little bit more uh, as you have to. It is a requirement if you're going to be an entrepreneur. Well, it's it's that whole you know that 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 pain of that those first whatever years of your, where you're starting your business aren't so isn't so painful if you if you felt other pain and you know it is it's interesting this this whole theory of can an entrepreneur be taught or does it come from within and I think what uh, I don't want to put words in Paul's mouth but I think what he was saying was that that he got exposed to the opportunity to be an entrepreneur. He saw how, you know, how hard his mother worked. He saw how hard the, you know, the Millers worked um, or David Miller. And, um, and, and I think he was, he, he probably has the DNA. If in fact you can't be taught this, he had the DNA, but it was really those people exposing him to the possibility or the, or the avenue, the option to do this. And um, that's uh I think that that's what uh, Bo Burlingham and Norm Brodsky are arguing in, the, in Street Smarts. I haven't finished the book yet, so I can't really tell you that. But uh, um, I think you and I know that from the entrepreneurs that we meet, uh, you, you can you can. Uh, there are people that'll just you know that will never stop until they get there, and I guess that's a good and a bad thing. But uh, um, but uh, there, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. But I, you know th- th- that's the thing is you can't keep beating your head against the wall. Uh, you, you know you got to adjust and pivot and all that sort of stuff. But determination is is essential uh, yeah. to to making it. Well, it's, it's and I think you just hit it perfectly. It's determination, but it's also stepping back periodically and saying that didn't work. How can I reposition this? That didn't work, or that you know this did work. And how do I make it better? And how do I separate myself from my competition? And and how do I you know how do, how can I you know afford to do all this stuff? And that's you know that's a lot to put on one person's or two persons people's brains while you're sleeping, and it uh, it does wear on you. But man, I tell you, it's it's exhilarating, and uh, you know with or without Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better with Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. the, cran- the cranberry kind, Jeff. The cranberry kind. <laughs> uh, that's just a flavor of the month for you. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll come back. It's true. It's true. It's true. So, uh, uh, Brenda, do you have any words of inspiration for us? You're, you're, you're kind of my go-to guy. I've been yeah. candidly, surprisingly impressed with uh, yeah, I'm. I've been striking out lately. I, all I got is just. Uh, I just got determination. I think that you. I had. I'd written out a bunch of other kind of focused words on determination and so forth, and uh, tenacious, persistent, dogged. Uh, you know that sort of stuff. And it, it really is. It's that. It's that plus the inte- the emotion or the uh, the intelligence to step back and try to figure out what it is that you can. That, uh, that you enjoy doing that somebody else values also. And because, you know, my, one of my new favorite sayings, you talk about my flavor of the month, is there's only two things you can invest, Jeff. What's that? You, time, time and money. Those are the only two things you can invest. Time and money. I, I gotcha. I, and I don't really have either. So I, I'm, I, I guess I got a problem. <laughs> okay. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed today's show and listening to inspiring people like Dr. Shu. Uh, and you'll join us again next Monday at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. Uh, and uh, we hope that you've got some good takeaways and action items. And thanks again. And remember to continue the conversation on our blog at evolutioncp.com or email direct questions at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Remember, have passion for possibilities and uh, have a great week. And remember to just get started. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. 
Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. 